Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insight podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each fortnight we invite our listeners to take 10 and catch up on topics related to economics, markets and conversations of interest to institutional investors. Joining me is QIC's Chief Economist, Dr Matthew Peter. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning, Alison. What a great morning it is here in Brisbane this morning. A brilliant morning. Can't complain when it's winter and it's 26 in Brisbane. But on to perhaps more relevant topics for our listeners, the Australian labour market data came out this week, which surprised a bit with the unemployment rate falling to 3.4%. Well, well, well so hold on, Alison, let's pick you up there. It wasn't a surprise to the economics and research team. That's what we were forecasting. Ah, uh, well, well done, Matthew. Good, good to get the headline number right, but did you get it right <laughs> for the right reasons? Ah, Alison, you've called me out. No, we didn't. We thought actually employment was going to go up rather than go down. And what happened was was the the fall in the unemployment rate was offset by a fall in the participation rate. So the unemployment rate actually went down and we're expecting sort of the opposite configuration to occur. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, this is the lowest level of unemployment since August 1974, which is a, a fair innings by most standards. But it really sort of doesn't really align with what the I think the central banks are trying to engineer like that bit of a soft landing, a bit of a slowdown in the economy, which would generally align with needing a bit of a pickup in the unemployment rate. Do you think that's sort of causing uh, Dr. Lowe to keep up at night and think about what he might do for cash rate pass? Look, Alison, despite the drop in the headline employment number, your sentiment's right. The labour market data was um, generally speaking quite strong, apart from the drop in the unemployment rate. There's also fewer people that are unemployed than there are job vacancies, meaning that if there wasn't uh, frictional and structural impediments to employment, then the unemployment rate would even be lower than uh, 3.4%. And and both the underemployment and the underutilisation rates fell as well, including the youth underemployment rate. So the youth unemployment rate, for example, is now the lowest level since uh, ABS records began in 1978. So it is still indicating to us a tight labour market. It's still showing that uh, there is strong demand uh, for labour. And I think that the uh, RBA will be looking carefully at this and it's certainly reinforce their incentives to keep the rises in the cash rate continuing at that 50 basis point increase that we've seen in recent months. So we expected the September month, at the September meeting, another 50 basis point rise by the, uh, the RBA. You're listening to Alison Hill, QIC's State Chief Investment Officer and QIC's Take 10 podcast discussing economics and markets with our Chief Economist, Dr Matthew Peter. So picking up on that comment, if we've got strong labour market, which we do really seem to have across the board, and we've also seen that actually interestingly in the US and the UK as well with some data that's come out, but I'd like to overlay that with what that means for wages. You know, we've got a read on where wages are in Australia this week as well. And again, that sort of surprised me a little in that while there was an uptick, it perhaps wasn't that strong, even though we've got a really strong labour market. Be interested in your take on that. Yeah, well, we got the second quarter wage growth number out. Um, that is, is lagging a little bit the labour market data, which came out, you know, was the July number. And it ticked up on an annual basis from 2.4% in the March quarter, 2.6% in the June quarter. And that's up from a low point of 1.4%, you know, at the height of COVID in the second half of, uh, of 2020. So there has been a rise in wage growth, but 
it is still the 2.6%, you know, pretty modest growth, as you point out. It's below that 3.5% wage growth that the RBA and, and most economists, including ourselves, think it's consistent with inflation around the target of the RBA at 2.5%. So, yes, there is a, a, a slowness in the pickup in wage growth, but there are signs buried within that wage report that indicate that, you know, there is wage pickups to be expected going forward. You've got to remember that that wage price index, that measure of wages that we got out um, for the June quarter this week, is actually quite slow moving. So you've got to look behind the data to see where it's heading. So one of the interesting things that when you look behind the data is is what's happening in terms of those workers or the, that actually got wage increases in the quarter. Because, yes. you know, the 2.6%, yeah, is, is the average but only a, a, a certain amount of workers get get actually wage increases in the quarter. And when you look at those workers that got wage increases, not only is the share of those workers increasing, but also the wage increase they got was relatively much higher than the average. It came in at 3.8%. To put that into context for this, yeah, putting this in context for that measure, that's the fastest rate of wage increase for workers getting wage pay increases in the quarter. That's the fastest pace that you've seen since 2012. And remember, Alison, 2012, we're in the middle of a mining boom. So basically, uh, we do see the momentum in wages gaining. The other thing we've got to take account of is that a number of wages in the economy are governed by awards. And in the next quarter, we're going to see the impact of the Fair Work Commission's annual review of award wages okay. um, come into the data, which they bring down in, in the June quarter. So that will also be pushing wage growth higher, I think, as well. So when we look at our forecast, we do expect to get wage growth certainly up into that 3% range by the end of the year mm-hmm. and uh, heading towards 3.5% into next year. I mean, that, that does make sense as a bit of momentum building, but it is interesting in that if it does hit even 3.5%, that's still well below that headline rate of inflation at 6.1%. So in terms of real wage impacts for the for the average Australian, there is a there is an impact there where inflation is far outstripping that, that wage growth. So so I guess that's certainly going to continue to keep the RBA focused on trying to bring down inflation, which sort of aligns with your comment, the fact that, you know, they will likely do another 50 basis points in September and, and keep going towards the end of the year with the with the hope to sort of get this uh, Goldilocks, the not too hot, not too cold economy trajectory such that we can hopefully get to a point where the real consumer is, is not overly affected. Do you think that's a, a possibility? Do you think we can have that soft landing still? I think we can, and and you're right. Second half of this year is is the really critical part for the RBA and for the economy because you're going to continue to have upward pressure on inflation through the second half of this year, and the RBA is thinking that's going to cap out at seven three quarter percent in the deck quarter. We think it might be a bit lower than that, but you're going to get this upward pressure going forward over the second half of this year. There will be, we think, rising wages as well. So the drop in the real wage won't be as significant as um, what it has been whilst uh, wage growth was uh, very weak and uh, inflation was climbing quite strongly. So there will be a moderation in that, but nonetheless, uh, real wages will be falling over this um, second half of the year. 
And of course, it's the consumer that is holding the economy up at the moment. So the uh, RBA has to be careful that it doesn't overshoot in terms of its tightening cycle and kill off the consumer uh, in the second half of this year. When we get into into next year, as long as we, we see wage growth not exploding, not sort of like breaking out significantly, if it continues with this gradual increase, then next year we should see inflation, headline inflation starting to moderate, starting to abate. But we still, you know, we still should have ongoing pressure um, on wages. In other words, Mm. wage growth still heading towards that 3.5% rate with the unemployment rate as tight as it is at the moment. So at that point in 2023, we should be able to see some easing of that downward pressure on real wages. In fact, real wages might start to look a lot, uh, a lot more promising, supporting the consumer in, um, in 2023. Yes. But of course, you can see, Alison, where we're very much narrowing that pathway to the soft landing. It's concentrating more on the consumer, more on the ability of the consumer to keep spending, more on the labour market, uh, continuing to support employment on the one hand, but Mm. not lead to a breakout in wages on the other. So, you know, that pathway is getting narrower. It uh, is definitely narrow. I think there's a real balancing act. And it's really, I mean, look, the central banks, are, you know, have a tough job. They don't, they've really got one tool at their disposal, which is cash rates. And obviously economies have many, many more parts than that and are globally integrated. So it's a difficult job. And I think it will, hopefully we will see that sort of path being able to be followed. But it's interesting to note that the markets um, are certainly looking at the, you know, the Australian data and the global data really positively. It's been a quite a, almost a unilateral move up in the last couple of weeks where good news has been good news and bad news has been good news and and uh, and it looks like you know there's definitely a belief that the the Fed and the RBA can achieve that soft landing and bring inflation under control and look certainly as an investor I hope that they can achieve that but it is a it is a tight rope that they are walking I think you're right about that markets have certainly pulled back from the brink that they're at you know around about June where they were pricing in you know, a really strong stagflation outcome, you know, recession with high interest rates. And you saw uh, cash rate expectations uh, towards the end of the year going over 4%. That's pulled right back now. So I I agree with you. Markets uh, are factoring in now what I believe is uh, the soft landing scenario. And the good news is bad news is an interesting observation, I think, Alison, because the biggest risk now is one that you've been alluding to, that that in fact, the labour market stays really strong, yes. uh, delivers high wage growth and forces the central banks, including the RBA, to raise interest rates. And, and we get those interest rates expectations going back up again, and that seems to undermine confidence in the equity market. And I so, that's right. You know, that, I mean, that's mm. certainly what I'm looking, you know, that's, that's what I'm looking out to and more attuned to. And that's where I think that data was really fascinating this week. But uh, I guess we'll have to watch and wait and see what's around the corner and keep our eyes attuned to the future data. Uh, Thank you very much for joining me today, uh, Matthew, for a chat on markets and thanks to our listeners for taking 10.